Hey friends, normally you hear from my cute kids laughing and talking first, but I had to jump on real quick and last minute, I'm just throwing in this little extra intro because in this episode, I mention a resource for new and expecting moms and I actually tabled that. So I have the resource, but I tabled it and I am taking a different direction and I will release that later. So if you want to make sure you're notified whenever you get that or whenever that resource is ready, make sure you subscribe to the emails from me. The best way to do that is to go snag one of the free resources that's available on my website. So you go to kristennorieganutrition.com slash resources, and you're going to see that there's several things there that are just for you to enjoy, to use and enjoy. So make sure you go there, get uh, your free resource, get on the email list, and you'll be notified whenever that resource I mentioned later on in this episode is available. All right. Enjoy. <laughs> I did do a funny chase. Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thanks for coming back here to Holy Healthy Mama. Today we have a really different kind of interview going on. I have with me here Maggie Alford. She is a recent graduate from Campbell University in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, per her, um, those are her words. (laughs) She actually helps me behind the scenes here at Holy Healthy Mama and Kristen Noriega Nutrition. She's a virtual assistant for me. It's a new role that we're figuring out, and I'm really glad she's on this journey with me. And what we're talking about today is top 10 things you wish you knew before getting pregnant. So Maggie is a young, newlywed, and she's a military spouse, and her and her husband are interested in starting a family in the next few years. She's not sure when. She can't pinpoint it. And she wants to make sure that she is informed and that she's optimizing her nutrition. I mean, you can't work for me. You can't talk to me and not like have nutrition in the back of your head like all the time. So that's where this is coming from. So we're going to get into some the top 10 things you wish you knew before getting pregnant. We're going to try to put a nutrition spin on it, but it's just going to be exciting to get Maggie's questions answered and see what she throws at me. So welcome, Maggie. Thank you for having me. So um, I'm going to start off with the first question, um, which is what are the best ways to prepare for a pregnancy or in the process of trying to conceive? Okay. So the best ways to prepare for a pregnancy Definitely you might definitely you might want to <laughs> consider taking a multivitamin with folic acid and iron. 
Folic acid is going to be super important for neural tubes for your developing baby. So neural tubes turn into your brain, turn into your spinal cord, and you know that's kind of important for a human being. So you want to make sure that you get folic acid in because if not, your baby's at risk for neural tube defects. And those neural tubes form really early on, um, like right after conception, before you even know you're pregnant. So it's important to start to, you know, factor that in if you are planning to get pregnant. So keep that in the back of your mind. And then also consider omega-3 supplements. That's good for brain development as well. I'm not one who likes to advocate for supplements, but when we're talking about de developing babies, I'm not, I'm also not one to take a bunch of risks. So <laughs> how do you feel about that? Yeah, that was informative. So you're saying that like the whole time you're trying to conceive, like as soon as you want to start trying, start taking the vitamins. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would recommend it, but I would also say definitely talk to your healthcare provider to make sure that it's in line with their plan for you and that it's an appropriate um, decision. But yeah, so I mean, in general, multivitamins aren't really going to do any harm. Make sure you take one that is brand name. You can look for a USP certification to make sure that what's on the label is actually in the pill. Some other things, just dietary would be eat more omega-3s for that baby brain development. Salmon, walnuts, chia seed, flax seed, those are all going to be really good for baby and you. And then right off the bat, I really want to encourage women, encourage you, anybody who's thinking about getting pregnant, to get to a healthy weight. If you are overweight, if you're underweight, you're going to have a harder time conceiving. And, you know, none of us want to struggle with that. We all just want to get pregnant right away, right whenever we want to or not want to. <laughs> that goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing would be like reducing your sodium and added sugar intake. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but just kind of really work on it, eating really well, really nutritious foods. And then, Get into a good mental space, whatever that looks like for you. Because once you get pregnant, your emotions are everywhere. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So um, my next question was, what are the steps you take the minute you find out you're pregnant? Okay. Here's what it looks like the minute you find out you're <laughs> pregnant. You have peed on a stick. You wait. You look at it. And you go, oh, I am pregnant. And then you don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I do something cutesy? Do I run out of the bathroom screaming? Do I text my husband because he's actually at work? What do I do? And from there on, you're just like filled with questions forever. You can't, <laughs> there's no going back. And you're just always, it's so exciting and, and it's awesome. And it makes me like so excited to just talk about it. <clears throat> And then the next thing you're going to do is you're going to grab your phone and you're going to start some random Googling because, <laughs> hey, you're pregnant and you're going to be a mom and you got to figure everything out right now. So you're going to like pull up your Amazon or your Target app. You're going to throw a bunch of stuff in your cart and then you're going to realize you can't afford anything. So then you're going to 
take it all back out, you know, maybe cry because you're already emotional. <clears throat> Read a few blogs. Decide that you really only need diapers. Cool. So you're like an hour into this whole being pregnant thing. <laughs> maybe two. You only need diapers. All right. Me, you know, breast milk and diapers and we're set. And then it's going to hit you. Wait, am I going to cloth diaper or am I going to do regular diapers? And then you're just going to spiral down that hole again. <laughs> so that's what you do the second you find out you're pregnant. <laughs> what should you do, though? Oh, no. <laughs> Goodness, I need a drink of water. Sorry. You're fine. Um, so, like, with that in mind, um, find out, like, is, is, like, is there not, like, a wave of fear that yeah. comes over you? Yeah, is that what you feel the most, like, fear about getting pregnant? Yeah, I would say I have fear because I feel like growing up, like, your whole education, you're educated on, like, the biological and physical process on, like, how to get pregnant, but they never educate you on, like, what to expect when you're pregnant or, like, what to do when you find out you're pregnant. and I. I feel like you're just expected as women, you're just, you're thrown into it, expected to know. And I find that very frightening. Yeah. Well, and then like, so right off the bat, you go through all these like crazy thoughts and that's inevitable and there's no way around that. You're excited and scared. And then, then you like take a step back and you realize if you're early enough on, you realize you don't feel a thing. And so then it's like this whole weird mental um, struggle too because it's like well this says I'm pregnant but I feel exactly the same way I did four hours ago so it's really weird and you know you you look down and your stomach's still flat and it's still gonna be flat for a few weeks or your normal body state whatever it is yeah. and then um, then telling someone you're pregnant is this whole weird thing too whether it's your husband your partner or your sister whatever it is it's like actually saying i'm pregnant is super weird it's it's like it's kind of this unbelievable thing because you've thought about it for so long and then to actually verbalize it is weird and then i remember struggling to tell my friends like because it's awkward like looking at them and just kind of being like hey so pregnant I don't know it's 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 so strange and exciting and then yeah it's, it's, it's so foreign I, I feel like obviously yeah. it's never happened to me which is why I'm here asking these questions <laughs> but it's like very foreign yeah yeah so I mean action steps to take would for sure be schedule an appointment with your doctor as soon as possible for routine care if you weren't taking a multivitamin start taking one especially one with iron run that by your doctor when you get there do not this is not my um <laughs> nutrition recommendation via this podcast for anybody in particular <laughs> but yeah those would be some action steps to take and then just enjoy it and yeah be excited okay. let yourself be excited do all the googling and then like take a <laughs> breath <laughs> um Leading into the next question, how do we care for ourselves differently throughout pregnancy? 
So like I said, like, like, right away, we prepare for ourselves now. Yeah. You know, like I said, you like look down and nothing has changed and but mentally you're like, "Dang, I'm already a mom. This is cool." But you know, it's it's that it's like a it's this real it's a long process. The 10 months that you're pregnant are the longest 10 months of your life and the shortest 10 months of months of your life at the same time. So you just want to give yourself grace and be at peace with the process. So that goes both for activity level, weight gain, how you're feeling overall. You know that it's temporary and you know that you're going to get through it. And so you want to stay as active as you can. And that looks different for everybody. Some people can still run marathons while pregnant. I can't <laughs> run past like 10 weeks without like wanting to fall down dead. And nor that's not me normally. Like I normally run all the time, but I cannot do it during my pregnancies. And if you don't know me, I, Maggie knows me and lots of you do. But if you're a new listener, I have three kids, three healthy pregnancies, three healthy kids. So. That's where I'm coming from, plus some professional training in this area. <laughs> so when you say active, and like I understand that it looks different for everybody, but are there certain like exercises that you can't do while you're pregnant? So you would, I am not the exercise expert for sure. You've got to reach out to some of the professionals in the field. However, the general like rule of the, of rule of thumb the general guidance is you can do what feels good so if you are normal like you normally run you normally lift you just do it until you find your new limits and you're going to probably start pulling back in intensity as you progress throughout the pregnancy and you might find that just walking feels really good or you might enjoy yoga and oh man, you should definitely try swimming while you're pregnant because once you get in the pool, it's like all that extra weight just is lifted up <laughs> and it's like beautiful. It feels so good, <laughs> especially third trimester when you're huge. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that. Go swimming. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, was yeah. there anything else you want to on that one? Um, yeah. How do we care for ourselves differently? continue to maintain a healthy weight, continue to use control, know that you are not eating for two. You are eating for one and an itty bitty tiny being, not two humans. You do not, I don't want to say you don't get to, but you shouldn't eat enough for two adults. And that's a common phrase. You're eating for two. I'm eating for two. It's okay. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool until you're facing gestational diabetes or preeclampsia or early induction because of excessive weight gain. There's definitely some negative ramifications from uncontrolled diet. So again, watching your sodium and added sugar intake as well as overall calorie intake is going to be super stinking important nutritionally and overall. So sodium, excessive sodium can contribute to preeclampsia and hypertension, which can lead to early induction, major, major complications during delivery, major problems for mom and baby. 
you do not want to go down that road of preeclampsia. The same for gestational diabetes. So a little insight with pregnancy one and pregnancy three, I failed the first glucose test and then ended up fighting and arguing with my doctors because because that's me and I went straight to like finger sticks and proved to them that I wasn't didn't have gestational diabetes because I was really irked and really pissed and like hurt and struggling because you know being a dietitian I could never have gestational diabetes and all of those just that mental struggle that went with that but it's scary whenever they tell you you have a problem, whether it be anatomically with your child, you know, whatever it is, top to bottom, but specifically nutritionally, gestational diabetes and preeclampsia or hypertension. I mean, once you have those, there's nothing you can do but ride out the pregnancy. You can do a whole lot to prevent those, but once you have them, just got to ride it out. Do they, once you deliver, do they go away? Yeah, so preeclampsia, um, yeah, both of them do. Preeclampsia is like a diagnosis like right towards the end usually. I don't want to be mistaken here. I mean, if someone wants to fact check me, please go ahead and get the exact details correct. But like it's a situation where your blood pressure starts to go off the ch- the wall and it's like really high and your body, your protein levels get out of whack and it's just really stressful on the baby. So once you get through the delivery, it resolves. It's just, it creates a really bad situation. And then the gestational diabetes, it resolves as well, but then you are more likely to end up with type two diabetes down the road. And your child is more likely to end up with, end up being overweight and have just and type two diabetes too. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I had one more question relating to one thing that you said. Um, You said, like, you're not eating for two and to, like, try to practice, like, self-control. When you have, like, cravings and stuff like that, what is a method or tips or tricks on how to, like, have the self-control in that arena? Mm, Yeah. Actually, this is something I work with clients works them through on the regular like just cravings overall whether you're pregnant or not as you are fueling up on really nutritious foods proteins and healthy fats you are going to you know be able to control these a lot more if you are restricting and avoiding snacks because you don't want to gain weight then you know you come to a point in the day where you're starving and you're going to overeat no matter what it is. So you really just want to be strategic about eating throughout the day at regular intervals, protein load in the morning, because there's some science that shows that if you really eat a good amount of protein in the morning, you're more satisfied throughout the day. And, you know, when you do snack, enjoy it and choose something that is good, nutritious, satisfies the craving, whether that be salty or chocolatey you know we don't want to restrict we just want to make wise decisions okay yeah um and then my question number five is i want to talk a little bit about um miscarriages because um i know that this is a common thing that happens and it's a very unfortunate thing that happens um is there a way to prevent this 
what do you do if this happens? Like coping methods? Yeah, so I've never experienced a miscarriage and I'm so, so grateful and thankful that I haven't. I sadly have walked through it with a few of my friends and it's awful and it sucks and I can't emphasize it enough how just like unfair it is. It's so not fair and we'll never understand it. And, you know, I, I just, I send out prayers to any of you who are listening, who may have experienced it because it's awful. And I just want to say that, you know, if you know somebody who's doing it, if you are somebody, work through it, take their cues. If they want to talk about it, talk about it. If they don't, it's okay. And then seek help from a therapist. Going to therapy is cool. If you're military, like me and Maggie are, you can go see an MFLIC for no cost. Um, military life MFLIC, military family life consultant. You can find that through Army Community Services, ACS, to the MFLIC, and you just show up and have free appointments and talk to somebody. Work through it. However, if you are the person experiencing it or how to prevent this nutritionally, I wish I could tell you that there was a magical food, but just with all things nutrition, there is no magical food. There is no magical prevention. If there was, somebody would have figured it out and all of us would be eating it. All of us would be doing it. So the only thing I can advise you to do nutritionally or even just like because I know you and care about you just, you know, eat as best as you can, have your support systems in place, pray, do whatever you can to be in the right mental place, knowing that you can't, you can't do it. And you also can't avoid it because you can't avoid getting pregnant because of the fear of miscarriage or the fear of losing a baby down the road. All we can do is, you know, put it in God's hands and pray about it. Yeah, I like that you related it to God. Like, we will never understand God, God's plan. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's still God's plan, and it's gonna happen one way or another. And we, as you said, we can't avoid it. But right, that's a hard one. Yeah, it's so unfortunate though. But um, okay, so what do you do to prepare going into labor? <laughs> I like this one. These questions like were real super nutrition focused at first. And here we go getting a little bit more like, Ooh, let's just see, let's just see what's going to happen. So what do you do to prepare going into labor? Well, like, I mean, of course, take the, take the classes at your hospital, take whatever's offered, take it all in because you can't know too much. You don't, you can't learn too much. You'll never be prepared enough. Definitely consider hiring a doula. Uh, um, just recently I interviewed with my doula here on the podcast. So go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't, if you're a new listener, um, let's see, struggling this morning with my, (laughs) my throat here. Sorry. Um, back to a doula. If the weird, the word doula weirds you out, just think of them as like a birth assistant. And then you're like, cleared that mental block. That's what my husband had to do. He was like, I can't get over this whole doula thing. It's weird. It's like hippie. 
yeah, okay, well, if it was a hired birth assistant, would you be cool with it? And he's like, yeah. So that's what we did. But then, <laughs> that like, sounds like... That sounds like my husband. He'd be like, this is too granola. Uh-huh. Right? It's like, granola, hippie or not, if it works, it works. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, literally, what do you take to the hospital? Take some snacks that you like. Um, baby number one is going to look totally different from all the rest. Like baby number one, we had like three duffel bags and stuff coming out of our ears and all sorts of things. We like took our whole house to the hospital. And then the next babies we were like, all right, we've got nipple cream, dermaplast and pads and we're cool. I don't know. It's a kind of, you just really start to figure out what you need, what you like as you move on. And I do have a resource. Um, it's not nutrition focused, but it's really just for new moms, like what to, what you're going to need right after the delivery. What are you going to need to take to the hospital? What are you going to need when you get home? And then I also have included in that a few recipes that you can easily convert into freezer meals. So if you want this resource, check the show notes and get this resource. It's helped. It helped me. It helped a lot of my friends. So this list came from someone else that I trusted. She said, here, use this, take this. And it was super helpful. And then I've developed it since then. So tap into that. And then are there like certain foods that you can like eat to lead up to labor oh gosh that's another one of those like if there was a magical cure if there was magical food um people would be doing it and yeah they say like pineapple or spicy foods or i mean castor oil gives you the runs which you know if you're just thinking like motion (laughs) the way things are going if you've got the runs then maybe baby will come out too Well, that leads you straight into my next question. Um, do you actually poop yourself when you're in the bed pushing? <laughs> Here's what you should never know. You should never know if you have actually pooped yourself. You need to come to this understanding with your husband that you will never speak of the things that he has seen or smelled <laughs> during labor. <laughs> oh my gosh but I mean just in getting getting real like if you're early in labor you're pregnant and you're worried about pooping on the table and you're worried about the things that are going to come out and who's going to see you down there and you know it's scary and it's I, I felt the exact same way then you get into labor and you get into active labor and you get like things get so real. You don't even, you don't even know if you're naked. You don't even know where you are. You just like, it's unreal how, how you just get lost in labor land. And, you know, you don't know what's coming out. You don't, you, you don't know. It doesn't matter anymore. So once you get to that point and beyond, you know, just, have that conversation with your husband. Like if you don't ever want to know <laughs> what came out, you tell him if you can't, you know, you need to please respect this. So 
respect my <laughs> desire here. Just let's agree. We're never going to talk about this. <laughs> that's so funny. So I guess it's, I guess that's a yes. That most likely something will come out of you. I don't know. I mean, like the, uh, the way to prevent it would be like, get really regular and try to go to the bathroom <laughs> before but yeah but I mean there's a human being that's gonna come out I'm using my hands here describing this to Maggie and I mean just literally your if you think of like your intestines and your colon and everything it's gotta get squeezed so <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry bad news hey, <laughs> you <laughs> Uh, yeah just another reason to wait yeah uh, but like it's it's such a small little thing and and I've talked about it with some of the nurses and staff and it's like a you know it's an ongoing joke am I gonna poop on the table and even my sister's an L&D nurse L&D is labor and delivery and like they have so many more things to worry about they have your life in their hands they have baby's life in their hands and they could care less if you poop what they want is the baby to come out healthily they well everybody to be intact and breathing and that's what they care about and if you poop whatever they have endless towels and rags and wipes and water squirter things (laughs) i don't know like you said you probably won't even know if you did or if you didn't no i mean and one thing that one of our notes here is like, does water really come out of you when your water breaks? That was, this is like a bonus question here, but um, yeah, you have so much fluid in your stomach and all of that has to come out. It's your baby's floating in the amniotic fluid. And when it, when your water breaks, the sack breaks, whether it's a slow drip or a gush at some point, all of that liquid has to come out and there's <laughs> TMI, but uh, not really, I guess it's like just the science of it. <clears throat> there's like f- mucus and all sorts of things that just come out. And so you don't even know, you don't know what the heck is going on. You just want your yeah. baby to come out and you're in pain and it hurts and you don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just part of creation. It is, and when you find peace with that, it's just so much easier. Yeah, I guess that's what I'll have to just keep reminding myself when I'm in this, when I'm in that position. Yeah. Um, so once you're like at the hospital and you've given birth, um, do do the doctors um, come in and like walk you through on how to latch the baby to the breast, or is that something you're just like expected to know once? they hand the baby over. So ideally you've taken a breastfeeding class beforehand and I strongly recommend that you have the number to a lactation consultant on hand because you're probably going to need it. So the doctors, I don't want to say they could care less, but they have other things to do. They're out of there. They get the baby out, check you out, do what they need to do, and they don't deal with breastfeeding really at all. Maybe some do somewhere, but for the most part it's just a no. Um, you're going to have either a lactation consultant nurse or like a lactation consultant doula, 
lactation consultant, dietitian, usually they double as something else. That's why they got hired because they can do two different jobs at the hospital, wherever you are, whether or birthing center, you know, whatever I'm saying hospital, people birth in different settings and to each their own, but you want to have that number on hand and then somebody's going to help you latch the baby. So the baby crawl is where you pull the baby out. You put the belt, baby on your belt, your chest, and then you wait. And then the baby instinctually, naturally moves over to your breast. It's this beautiful thing. If you've never heard of that, you should Google it, Maggie, and check it out. Cause it's just so cool. The bond that's um, already there. It's beautiful. It's just this one chance to just see nature at its finest. Your baby just moves over to your breast and then this latch happens. Now that part's beautiful, but once the baby latches, yes, it could hurt like heck. <laughs> like from the first latch, it could be very painful. And that very first latch can also wreck your nipples. <laughs> It can make or break it. So you want to have someone on hand to help you. And yeah, it can, breastfeeding is amazing and awesome, but it can also be painful and tough and defeating if it's not working. Yeah. So that's my next question is breastfeeding. So kind of like, I guess maybe walk me through like what to expect from breastfeeding how do you get your body in a healthy place to prepare for breastfeeding? Does it hurt? Does it feel weird? Do your nipples actually get scabby? <laughs> like I've heard. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then another, like to coincide with this question, if you decide not to breastfeed, um, nutrition wise for yourself, like how do you also kind of prepare for that maybe? Okay. So all things breastfeeding. <clears throat> so breastfeeding, Sorry, that was a yeah, that's no, no, okay. Breastfeeding is awesome. It provides a really well. It provides the best food for baby. Um, you work through it, you push through it, and then it gets really easy. So, um, to be in a healthy place for breastfeeding, like immediately after you have your baby, you're gonna hurt really bad everywhere. Every muscle is probably going to hurt. And <laughs> if you had a C-section, things are really challenging. I had a C-section with my first baby, and then I had two su successful V-backs after that. So I have both ends here. The C-section is hard because you can't move, you can't really lift, and it provides its own like physical limitations to breastfeeding. Um, then when you have a regular delivery, it's, it's a little bit easier, I would say. Everyone's different. But then, like, you just, you have to eat. A lot of women think, you know, I'm going to have this baby, and I'm going to be back to myself, my normal size, really fast. I'm going to do it really fast. I'm tired of being so big, and it's going to be this, like, amazing transformation. And they have the baby, and there's really, I mean, you're, you're a little smaller because you popped out 10 pounds of baby, but you still have all of that extra skin and your, your uterus is still expanded and it takes time for your uterus. It's a muscle takes time for it to get back to the original size that it was. So it's a process and 
you have to fuel yourself with food. If you start to immediately say, I'm dieting, I'm, I'm getting back to that goal weight, it's going to set you su- yourself up for failure breastfeeding-wise too because you have to – like when you have breast milk, there's calories in that. There's energy behind those calories. That's what it is. And you have to feed your baby enough so that he can grow, she can grow. And you have to have that intake to fill yourself and the baby. So an extra 500 calories, an extra 700 calories, somewhere along there is, you know, 300 somewhere you got to listen to your body and listen to your hunger cues and don't ignore those and snack on those nutritious foods. So work the whole pregnancy, improve your diet, continue with it. Once you have that baby, don't worry about restricting and dieting, eat those nutritious foods and listen to your body. And then specifically, does it hurt? Yeah. Especially if your baby has a bad latch. Does it feel weird? a little bit the first couple of times and then it becomes so normal to you it's like you're shoving your nipple in your baby's mouth when they're not wanting it and it's you've just become this whole different creature you're a different type of a person once you're breastfeeding (laughs) um do your nipples get scabby yeah if you have a bad latch so if you have pain if you have scabs on your nipples you need to talk to somebody to fix your latch that is the thing. You're, if you have a bad latch, you have pain, your baby's not going to be getting adequate milk, likely. So there's this whole dynamic. If you have problems, get them fixed. Address it. Work with somebody. You can go straight to your provider and they can give you recommendations for who to go to. Um, mention it at your postpartum follow-ups. Don't, don't ignore it because pain means bad latch, means baby's not getting the right amount of milk typically so yeah um and then so if you decide not to breastfeed like nutrition wise for yourself um is there something i know you said to increase your breast milk production to like take in more because it takes more calories in um when you're not breastfeeding do you need to take less calories in or more calories in still listen to your body. That's really my best advice. A lot of people like to get real calorie specific and it's hard because everyone's needs are so different. And it, you know, depends on if you leave the hospital and you're already walking two miles a day versus if you had a very traumatic birth and you cannot exercise or move for two months, you know, that road to recovery is different. And has different energy needs. So if you're not going to breastfeed, tell your provider, tell the staff, tell everybody. And that goes both ways, whichever decision you make. But you're going to need to just listen to your body. And it's going to be a little painful to, to not breastfeed too. Because you will be engorged. You have all that milk. Your body makes the milk. And you're not expressing it. So it stores up. So you'll have to go through the process of, you know, getting through that, whether that be ice packs or heating packs, there's compression, different ways to go about it. Work with your team through that, your lactation consultant or your nurse or do some thorough Googling, whatever it is, whatever you need to do to find your answers and listen to your body, listen to your hunger cues and 
if you're not breastfeeding, your weight loss will be slower. When you are breastfeeding, you lose the weight faster. Do you know the reason for that? Or is that just kind of body, like the way our bodies just act? Hmm. Somebody could probably give a better answer. And without trying to like go Google something real quick, I would say that it's just the calorie needs, the energy, you know, you're, you are providing all of that energy to your child and you're also using energy to create the milk. You're using energy to go through the physical act of feeding the baby. I mean, it's like a juggling act. You're like running a circus when you try to figure out how to breastfeed. You're got things on your hip and your baby's over here and it's just crazy, especially if you have other kids around too. <clears throat> so okay. just just the energy needs, I would say. The energy. Okay. And then this might be it coincides with breastfeeding. This might be silly question, but obviously <laughs> I'm clueless on all of this. But um can you breastfeed strictly by like pumping without the latching? Or does your baby have to latch? You can. Um, it's a really difficult journey to do exclusive pumping, though, because when you pump, you have pump parts that have to be sterilized. You have bottles. You have all sorts of materials. And then you have to take the time to pump. You have to take the time to feed baby. You have to take the time to wash it. And then it's just like this really hard cycle. And a lot of women if you have, I don't know, it goes different ways. I mean, some women can exclusively pump and they rock it. Some women, it's just too much. And so then they switch to formula. And if you do choose to formula feed, it's, you know what, it's fine because you're still taking care of your baby. You still love your baby just as much. You are doing your darn best to provide for that child. So that's, you know, if can you do both or does that mess with your child's nutrition? Like, can you do formula and breast milk? Yeah, people supplement with formula a lot. Um, one of the main reasons is that people think they have low supply, so then they start to supplement, supplement with formula. But then when you're not breastfeeding as much, it decreases your supply, so then you increase your formula, and it's kind of like a slow start away from breastfeeding because breastfeeding is supply and demand. The more your child nurses, the more milk you're going to make. Okay. But, yeah, people do it. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I've always been on the, like, I don't – obviously my opinion will change probably once I'm in the position of having a kid, having a baby. But, like, my whole life I've been like, I'm not breastfeeding, I'm not breastfeeding. It's just – to me, it's too scary. It's too, I don't know. It's just too, I, that's something I'm very fearful about with having a baby. So, um, I felt the same way. I felt the same way. Like it felt like modern America, you know, sexualizes breasts and nipples and all of that. And that is what we see in the media. And those are the messages that we get. And I, when I was a teenager in like early days of college before I got into nutrition and I felt like I would never breastfeed my child because that was weird. That was so dang weird. And that was not going to happen. Um, and then when yeah. I started to learn about it and then um, started to see people doing it, it just became normal. And once you have your baby on, it is the most normal thing. Yeah. It's like natural and like raw and like, 
when I see people doing it in public, it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, oh, like she's just feeding her kid. I don't think it's weird. Um, but like you said, just like me personally, like it's just it's just one of my things I'm fearful of. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move to the final question. So last question, which is something that I personally, I think is going to be my biggest struggle. And um, one of the reasons why I think I want to wait longer to have children, but how do you cope with body image issues after birth? Um, what to ex- like, how, what do you expect from the changes in your body? Um, Cause you know, your body will never look the same again. And how do you get past that and be okay with that? You just roll into this role, roll into this role of mom, of being mother. And with that comes this like feeling of power and feeling of like you can take on the world and it doesn't matter if your hips are wider and it doesn't matter if you gained some weight and you can't get it back. And you know, there's all these physical physiological changes that happen. I actually talk about a few of these in a recent episode about the beach body. You know, your hips widen, your feet flatten, and things just change. Your boobs deflate and everything's different. But it's okay because you have this human being that your body created. You know, it came out of a little tiny egg in your body. You made this human being and then you grew this human being, you pushed him out or got that baby torn out of your stomach, however it happened. And there is this feeling of power that comes with it. And, you know, they say, oh, there's mama bear. Yeah, that mama bear feeling is so real. You just, it's like that inherent motherhood feeling and you you can't shake it. So there's that side of it. And then... There's the side of us being women and feeling the pressure of media, of everything, of feeling like we need to be perfect. And I, I mean, the best thing I can say is get to a point where you feel comfortable with your body. My son just woke up. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So get to the point where you feel comfortable with your body. If you need to lose the weight, go go lose the weight if that's going to make you feel good. And if, you know, you're comfortable with a bigger body size, then that's okay. Work with somebody. Work, you know, I'm, I'm here for anybody who needs to work on losing weight postpartum or finding a healthier lifestyle. There's things you can do about it. And it's not a death sentence. I used to kind of feel the same way like you, like, well, I'm going to gain all you know, hundred pounds and never be the same again. And that's not true. Not if you have a healthy pregnancy, you will probably end up at your same pre-pregnancy weight. That's just fact. I mean, that's just how it is. A lot of, if you are generally healthy enough, you have healthy weight gain, you lose most of it pretty darn quickly and you're back to eh, the new version of yourself, wider hips maybe, but I don't know. Does that kind of answer your question? No, yeah, it definitely, it definitely answered my question. And I think that it was, I think, especially what you said about like, the being women and like, comparing ourselves or like seeing what's on media. Um, We, I don't know if maybe we hold ourselves to a higher standard, or we're just harder on ourselves. 
Um, and I think that might be like where my fear comes in is like, I've, I'm very happy with the way that I look and I, um, I've been like my same weight since like high school. Um, and so it's just like, it's just like a fear of mine of knowing like, this is how I look. This is how I've looked for the past like five years. I'm very happy with how I look. I've worked very hard to get to how I look. Um, but just knowing that like once I do get pregnant um, and that kid comes out, like I may never, I may never look the same or I may never be the same way. Um, I think yep. that's just, like, I think a lot of people have that, a lot of women have that fear, but I think also going into what you were saying about like you have once you have the kid and like you see this beautiful human being that you've made and like it doesn't even matter anymore yeah for sure it it's it's challenging to get your grasp it and get your head wrapped around it but you know it's you become mom and you just take on this whole new role role and your entire life is different so the things that used to matter they don't matter anymore yeah. yeah, it's a good uh, perspective that I didn't really think about. I was just, I was being selfish and thinking about myself. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, the everything changes, and you'll be fine. It's gonna be a good journey whenever it happens, whether it's you know sooner or later. It's you have all the same concerns and that a lot of other women have, and they're real. And there's ways that you can be informed and just have a good pregnancy, good breastfeeding experience, good postpartum experience. And, you know, anybody who's listening, if you do need some support with this, I, you can definitely work with me. You can become a client. You, we have one-to-one options. And then also there's a group nutrition program. So there's multiple ways to get support from me or other people out there. So thank you so much, Maggie, for being here today. I am glad we had this conversation and hopefully it's helpful yes thank you so much for having me and I honestly I feel very much more comfortable with the idea and that you educated me on a lot of things so I'm very glad that we had this talk excellent all right have a good one Thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you loved the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, and it will make my heart happy. All right, friends. Love your babies, say your prayers, and eat your greens.